Welcome back to A3's The Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Beckwith, and owner of A3. I'm going to go around the room and give you some introductions. First, we've got Logan Kilgore. What's up? What's up? We got Manav Shah. How we doing? Justin Kelly. What's up? Art Charles Jr. Yo, yo. And Anthony A.J. Orange. Oh, yeah. So today, we're going to start off our talk about the financial situation in sports and what it means. A lot of times... We get excited from the high school level, going to the college level about the scholarship idea and what that means. And then if you're lucky and under the 2% of people that actually get a chance to go pro, which is saying something looking at this room, there is the financial picture that many people don't understand about going pro and what that really means. And when you sign a big contract, that doesn't mean you get big money. And so there's a lot of things, a lot of idiosyncrasies that go into it that people need to understand. And we thought it would be a great way to start this thing off. So we're going to go ahead and, and get this thing rolling. We'll start off at the lower level of the scholarship and kind of give a, a, an explanation of what that means. Because a lot of times we think that we're going to get a scholarship and it's going to cover everything that we need to do. And in many cases, that's just not the truth. In many sports, it's not even possible to, to, to do that from a scholarship standpoint. So there are a lot of things that that don't go into it that you don't really hear from the recruiting services from different people different coaches and we wanted to shine some light on that before we even get into the professional talk yeah i'll, I'll just start so when we talk about so-and-so got a scholarship that, that's what always blows my mind like oh yeah so-and-so got a full ride um to go you know play volleyball at, at this college and first off i think it's you know, I think a Google search would would do a lot of people well. Um, a lot of sports just don't have the ability to offer full ride scholarships. Now, uh, my biggest advice, especially unless you're playing football, um, my biggest advice would be to make sure you get your grades right. Because what can happen, and you guys can touch on this for baseball's perspective, um, I can't remember the exact number, but I know Division One football, you have 85 scholarships. So you're right. third string long snappers on full ride scholarship. A full ride scholarship in Division one football means your classes are taken care of, your books are taken care of, you get a certain uh, room and board money and it's up to your coach. Based, typically, it's based on year. I know for me, it was based on, you know, freshmen, um, everybody stayed in the dorms, um, whatever that style meant. Uh, you could choose typically to stay on campus once you, if your grades and your, um, you know, disciplinary things are, are right. Um, if you moved off campus, you got a certain amount of money per month uh, based on what the football team would have had to pay for you to be in the dorms. So you then look at that money. We call it your housing check. You take your housing check. You try to find rent that's less per month than your housing check, and the extra is yours. Um, now, I know for a fact from my own perspective that that doesn't give you money to be out buying new shoes, TVs, mounting, everything that we did. And so I worked <laughs> at a golf course for all four years, uh, and I would – work there in the summers. I'd work there, you know, as much as I could throughout the year um, because that was my spending money, uh, so to speak. A full ride scholarship does not mean that you're going to move to this new state um, for me in Murfreesboro, right outside of Nashville, and then you never need anything. Right. It, it means Jeez. that your school right. is potentially right. taken care of. Um, now, what I meant about academics was if you're in another sport that does not have the ability to put every single person on your roster on full ride scholarship, I've had friends that played baseball 
And in baseball, a 50% scholarship is pretty astounding. I mean, you right, are good. You are getting a solid, and typically what they do is they put freshmen on less than that. And then as you develop through the program, the higher level guys, um, in my experience, are on you know 50% or whatever scholarship. However, if you can get a 50% academic scholarship, now the baseball team has more flexibility to give you the money that they can. And all of a sudden you find yourself on a full ride. But if you're a guy that they can barely get into school, not helping yourself academically, you're you know constantly on academic probation. That that's going to handcuff a lot of baseball, and I mean other sports are the same. I know basketball. My brother-in-law is a uh, college basketball coach, and I think they have twelve or thirteen. But you know you got eighteen guys, so it's right. you know not every single guy is, is on full ride. Right. And, I mean, and, and to give some clarity on that, and I see Justin's about to go here, but for baseball, I think it's eleven scholarships total. Yeah, eleven point seven. Eleven point seven total for what, scholarships. 40? Forty guys, or something? and that yeah. depends on the yeah. team, right? Because right. if they're carrying twenty pitchers, oh yeah, I mean you just never know, you know, what that total roster count is. So it's really, really difficult, especially in a sport like that, golf, tennis, track, which I did. I mean, you could go down the list if you're Pretty not much anything football, besides football, football and basketball, and basketball right, right. right? So I know there's a handful of teams that make money, the LSUs, the Vanderbilts. So, but they still have that 11.7. So wise, you're saying, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. came out of Juco working with Ryan on a half, a 50% scholarship. Huge. Mm-hmm. I was that's, pumped. That's awesome. And it yeah. was um, all tuition paid for. It's like, right. okay, cool. So if you look at how much it was out of state, 48,000. Right. So 24 mm. of that is taken care of. Okay. But then I have. I was like, okay, cool. I had some buddies on uh, book scholarships. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's my book scholarship? Oh, you're not on book scholarship. <laughs> oh, you're not on, um, you know, uh, the meal housing plans. meal plan. Like that's all right. you. And right. then like the, tw- the fees, that's right. all on you. So it sounds great in theory and it was great in theory. But I always tell you this, I was a fifth year guy. One year of 50% scholarship out of state cost me more than four years of, in California schooling. Crazy? It's the same bachelor's degree. And I got it from a different university than Virginia Tech where I got right. the scholarship. So right. We talk about it all the time. Uh, baseball is the, the leverage situation, right? So if you're going to the draft, and this is progress a little bit, like, okay, if I'm a junior, I'm going to make more money than the guy who's a senior and is he has no choice. Like, he's going to have to play baseball. If he wants to play baseball, he's going to sign for 5000 whatever it is. Right. So I don't want to derail. I just have a quick question. When they say if you go pro and they have that program where you can go back and get your degree, what does that look like? Is that fully, fully paid or is that That's like, I mean, how does you, that right? work? Cause I know you're, yeah. you're looking into that. Is that like every, is that more than just an act, like a scholarship you would when you're playing or like who's paying? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So basically like if you want to go that route and you say you sign after your junior year, or for me, I signed after my sophomore year, but I was at BC. Right. So in that, in that case, basically what happens is that you, Sign your contract. You talk to the team like, hey, you know, I had my scholarship to go here and play. You know, I want my education included in my contract. Gotcha. So what you can do is you can negotiate that. And what they'll do is they'll be like, okay, you did two years. We'll pay for the other two. Gotcha. Mm. So depending on what college you went to, right. that's the amount of money that they would cover. Gotcha. Right. So if, you go, if you're going to UCLA, then you're going to get a lot a more, more, you know, scholarship money than if you're going to, you know, I don't know. Some other college, you right, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. a, it could be a D one college, for sure. But if it's a smaller school, you know, and less, like I guess you can say, profound or whatever, right. then you the difference but that's where you is still there. Commit, right? You still as a if you're going pro, you still have a commitment that's like okay, that's based off of this school. Exactly. So touching back on the scholarship stuff, like you had, you said you got a fifty percent. Yeah. I had a seventy seven percent, right? So 
a 77% scholarship is pretty much a full ride. That's huge. Right. You know, that, it's, that, it's, crazy. it's not Very a full ride, sure. but it's yeah. a full ride because basically what they do is they cover everything else and you're just working on, on site to pay the other stuff, gotcha. you know? So at the school, they might, Hey, it's your time to clean up the clubhouses or, you know gotcha. what, you got to go out and help in the cafeteria this day, yep. you know, clean off the tables or whatever, wipe the tables. And that was something that we talked about too. So that was going to bring me money. And like you said, like little odd jobs right. to help pay off the rest of it. Yeah. But then also we have the grants. So I have like, um, you know, certain grants that I'm able to get, I was able to get. For sure. So my schooling, everything was going to be paid for fully, you know, just do off of the 77% I got. Right. And then also the, um, the grants that I was able to get as well. So all that stuff ties into it too. So like you said, you know, you want to do well in school because say you get a 50%, uh, I was going to say contract. <laughs> if you get a 50%, um, yeah, pretty much is that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. contract, yeah, yes. 50% scholarship, you know, you're able to use those grants to, to propel that and boost that up to where you don't have to pay for those things. Right. So I got, yeah. I got one more point also for a young athlete that's listening to this. Um, I don't, I never knew this before, um, you know, I was in school and I don't even know if you guys know this, but um, are you aware that NCAA scholarships are one year offers Yes, mm-hmm. that must be re-upped every year? <clears throat> every year so yeah. what happens is people say, oh, they pulled my scholarship. Well, they didn't pull your scholarship. You only are given one year. There is nothing that you sign that says we are going to pay for you until you graduate. If you go there and do not perform to their liking, if you get a head coaching change, if you get – it's just luck of the draw. That's exactly they, are, right. they have Absolutely. all the power. You can literally – be on scholarship, and then the next year they say, hey, we gave your scholarship away. It might be because you're not performing. They still might offer you a roster spot. But in some sports, I know especially like basketball, you've only got a certain amount of people that you're going to carry. So there's guys where, hey, you know, you're playing at this level one year, and then you're just not re-upped. And and that could be because academics, could be because behaviorally, whatever. But there is no no, uh, contract. Yeah, there's there's no guarantees. I just want to speak from experience and and say that, you know, there's no such thing as a full ride scholarship. That's what we mean. Right. Ryan, we we're talking about earlier. It's a one year scholarship. It gets renewed if you perform well. And then, in my experience at, at Fresno State, we had a guy lose a scholarship. He tore both patellas in his knee. Tore both of them in the yep. game. Lost a scholarship the next year. Yep. I mean, they kind of partially paid for his tuition, but he was no longer on scholarship. Wasn't yep. getting his books paid for. Only a little bit of his tuition was paid for. I think it was that last, like the finishing the semester or whatever. So. You got to keep that in mind. Like, even if you get hurt, it's not, you know, like in the professional league, it's a little bit different. They'll compensate for you for your injury and stuff like that. But in college, you're on a full ride scholarship or whatever that one year you get hurt. Potentially, you don't have that tuition or anything paid for the next year. I will say that um, it is also different head coach to head coach because I remember my head coach when I was getting recruited at BC, uh, they watched my film. um, The offensive coordinator came out and he said, we love your film. I need to watch you throw in person. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, we just watched the film. You know, that's fine. I went out to the field. I grabbed my buddy, the receiver. I threw about six passes. I'm thinking I'm going to have to do this long workout. I warm up, all this stuff. I drop back. He's like, yeah, just just run whatever. Like, I just want to see you throw. I threw like six passes. He got on the phone and he walked off the track. And then we just kept throwing whatever. And they brought me back the phone. It was the head coach. And the head coach essentially said that, um, and this is a, a big time offensive coordinator that then was Jared Goff's offense coordinator at Cal. And he had been in, uh, SEC and stuff like that. And, uh, he said that he had signed somebody off the film and never saw him throw in person. And he showed up mm. for spring ball and he was terrible. And they wondered if to this day, if that was him on his film. And 
what happened was <laughs> that's true though. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Head, my head coach Rick Stocksville told Catfish Tony Franklin coach. that hey, we are not signing another quarterback sight unseen. We need to see him physically with our own eyes, watch him throw a football. So really, all he was doing was I threw a couple of passes and he just said, "Okay, that's him," you know, type of thing. Yeah, but, he's a real deal. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I thought that I repressed those six packs. Like, no, I've already watched you know twelve games of your tape. I just need to make sure that was you, yeah. and then uh, and that sort of thing. But um, but what, my whole point of saying that story is that I remember the kid's name. I'm not going to say it on here, but I remember he was a quarterback, and our head coach said that was our mistake, and he paid for his four years of tuition. He was not on our team. He was one of our 85 scholarships until he graduated. And he just he was asked not to wow. come out to the team anymore. But he said that's my. But he fault. honored it. Yeah, he said I went to his mm-hmm. parents. I, I I signed a contract with them and told them I'd take their kid as as if they were one of my own. And not no. every head coach is like that. Not you got a guy that, on coach. injury. We yeah. had guys on injury taking up twenty of our scholarships. I mean, it was it was crazy. But that's just how my head coach was. So I would say it's it's different everywhere you go, and especially I see that when head coaches turn over. Mm-hmm. Once you get it, it's just like taking over a professional roster. You come in there and you see these six guys that are on scholarship, and you think. Well, what the heck are they on scholarship for? They can just, it's up to them to, to take it away. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I had three different head coaches in college football. And then obviously the track thing too. But it was it was really interesting watching all that happen and, and how some guys came on and they disappear. And then right. you're like, well, what happened to so-and-so? Like, no, I mean, he got, he got told he doesn't have a, doesn't have any money. It's just, it, it was really weird watching all that happen because you, you know, you do go in thinking that it's, you know, you get your scholarship and you're, you're good. Yeah. You're not. No, you're not. That's when your work begins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. I got a funny story tagging on uh, what Logan said. I had a call my senior year <clears throat> from his coach. He said, Hey, uh, I want to give you a half ride scholarship and college golf. You get four and a half per team, usually eight to 12 um, players per team. Um, and I'm okay. Do you want to see me play? And he's like, no, I heard so-and-so gave you half ride. So I'm just going to tack on the same offer. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to give me a half ride scholarship and never see me hit a ball. I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and pass on, I'm I'm, I'm going to pass on this offer coach. I don't think you're running running another program how it wants to be run, but I thought thought it was funny how they could just give you money without even seeing anything. Oh yeah. And it's almost like, if you're one of the guys that are going to be in that program, do you want somebody else coming up behind you with a half ride that they've never seen before? Like, who? Was it another Pac-12 team trying to just like make you not go to? It show? was not a Pac-12 team. I just hmm. figure like the same for me when it comes down to like the cutthroat business of sports. You know, like I've been dealing with this since freshman year of college. Like same thing. We're talking about okay, I had a coaching change. I signed July of 2013. End of that month, Coach Pete Hughes went to Oklahoma. The guy who recruited me went, left. So the new head coach took over and said, hey, we're still going to honor the scholarship. You know, everything's good. Perfect. End of that year, I go play summer ball, and they say after a game, hey, you know, um, we, we still like you, Kelly, but we're going to take your scholarship. We're giving you a spot on the team. You're probably not going to play much, but, you know, you're welcome back if you want to. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. I'm just going to come <laughs> spend 50000 to come sit on the bench. Right. Sounds good. And that was like the whole moment, moment of truth right there. I'm like, hey. They don't care. It's a one-year agreement. It's the one-year expiration, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to end if you don't perform well, and that's regardless of how anything else goes. It's funny you say the one-year deal. Looking back on it, my scholarship went up every year, and thinking back, they probably took that away from someone else. Oh, I just had exactly. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Hey, that even happened. This yeah. guy's playing, and shoot, 
you know, you're essentially a general manager when you're, when you're a college head coach. I mean, you're looking at your, your amount of scholarships and that's basically your salary cap. And then you're allocating it, you know, appropriately. And you see all these guys, it's cool to see walk-ons getting scholarships, but the fact is either a, somebody graduated to free that scholarship up or B, they took somebody off scholarship. You don't just create new scholarships. Those decisions happen three weeks before school starts. Oh yeah. Abruptly, not any kind of plan. Well, one thing I like to tell kids when we're talking about it, and we'll use football as an example, you know, if you're playing on a football team and let's say you're a quarterback, okay, well, you're in a high school like here, we'll use 20 as an example, as a round number. So there's 20 high schools in this area. And how many quarterbacks are on each team? Yep, there's probably two or one, three, yeah, right? starting, and then you got two or three right. backups, right? Okay, so I want to go play quarterback in college. Right. Well, there's 120 schools that can give scholarships or Yes. Roundabout, yep. right? But not every year is somebody looking for a quarterback. For sure. So if there's 80 schools or 75 schools, whatever that number is, and there's 80, close to 80 quarterbacks in this area, well, what about the rest of California and the rest of the country? Yeah. So you're talking about 80 spots for how many thousands of people? And people don't understand that. And then on top of it, it's only a one-year contract. For sure. And people think, you know, and it, it just gets blown out of proportion. I'm going to go D1. I'm going to go D1 or I'm, you know, I'm going to go pro. And we hear it a lot. You guys see it all the time or people coming in and, and that's their goal. And that's great to have a goal, but you also have to understand the work. And if you're not willing to do the right things, and if you guys go back to when you were younger, was everything perfect that you did? Yeah, probably not. But at the same time, how hard did you work compared to your friends? It's a big difference it's a big big difference yeah i i thought it was pretty funny uh in my signing class and i will say this as far as quarterbacks are concerned um i know this isn't a quarterback podcast but when you're playing quarterback <laughs> it does hold weight in other areas what's funny about my signing class when i signed with middle tennessee we signed eight quarterbacks oh my now, gosh. here's the deal <laughs> only one was to play quarterback in college we had seven other guys three of them became receivers four of them became defensive backs now a lot of college coaches see athletic quarterbacks. Why do you play quarterback in high school? You're the most athletic kid on the team sometimes, right? They just put him at quarterback, let him run around with the ball. And okay, everybody knows that guy's not going to be a quarterback. He's going to be, you know, a defensive back. He's going to be a receiver, whatever. But he has the mind of at least seeing it from a quarterback's perspective. So I will say that just because like, if you are a good athlete, they will find somewhere. But it was funny because, you know, with my history and not starting in high school, um, at one point on our team, we had like 16 guys, and they put it on my my senior year. I think it was 16 of our guys on our team um, had c- thrown, completed, and attempt, uh, and uh, had thrown for more touch all this in their high school's careers than I had, and I was the only one that was played quarterback for the last four years. So it was like it just showed like we had a safety that was a <laughs> yeah. all state Florida state champion quarterback. We had you know receivers on our team that all played quarterback, and they just did a breakdown of like all their high school quarterback stats uh, versus mine. It was pretty funny. Mm. Yeah, nice I little mean, pat on the back right there. I see yeah, you I working. Mean, flex, but, you know, it's just funny. A little because, minor like, flex, you know, a little sunlight. To find, you're going to find a scholarship for them. You know right. what I mean? If you can. But um, I, I don't know. Like in a sport like golf, like it just it just blows my mind that like, you know, eight guys and, and if you get a good freshman, he's going to be there for four years. I mean, I don't yeah. even know how often you're recruiting. Maybe we're getting one guy a year or two guys a year. I mean, it's that's yeah, even it's crazy. Usually two or three per year. Eight, eight's pretty low. Twelve's usually about right. Yeah. Between eight and twelve. Um, and I mean, what if you redshirt a year? I mean, then you got you got you might have twelve. You know, 
it's just i mean soccer tennis a lot of money i mean you go down the list mm-hmm. i mean yeah. there's so many athletes that have to fulfill a team and the money's just not there for the team and you know even like you were going back to going back to what you were saying earlier you know you get the money to pay for school and books and in some cases room because if you live on campus right but ultimately it's not enough money to live on and that's been the biggest argument that has gone back and forth about being paid for your likeness and all those other yeah. things. But ultimately, you know, when it comes down to the finances side of it, if you know going in what it's going to cost and you're looking at it from a cost perspective, because a lot of people don't know to do this, that, okay, I'm going to Santa Barbara, pretty expensive place to live. And I'm getting a 47% scholarship. Okay. Well, what does that cover? Okay. Now what is it going to cost for me to live in Santa Barbara? And a lot of times those numbers aren't broken down and then we don't account for the food and we don't account for the right. gas and we don't account for all those things. And I think it's extremely vital because I was, you know, we never went over this when I was younger. And I think it's extremely vital that, you know, if we can pay it for to get people to understand that you've got to take everything into account, every dollar, every cent into account, what is it going to take you to live? And you got to set a budget for yourself. Otherwise you're going to be hurting. And I think we all worked in college. I, I worked three or four different jobs when I was in college. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't tell you that you got to pay nine hundred to share your room. Right, share, yeah, share to share your room. So right. right. And you then the you're playing with guys that are at Oklahoma State, and they're like, yeah, you know, we got a sick house, huge. You know, paying like four hundred a month, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't so even think was, about this. Yeah, out. that was. <laughs> I was sharing a two bedroom apartment with three other guys in Northridge, and we we were all paying close to that. And then I moved to Georgia. And I lived in a four-bedroom house with a huge backyard. I had my own room and my own bathroom and paid $170 a month. Yeah, probably a pool, water slide. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, it was just, it was crazy, the difference. But then, you know, you go with the, the fluctuation of the scholarships, right? Yeah. That the numbers still worked out to be pretty similar. And here I am pocketing money there. And, I mean, eating top ramen and SpaghettiOs in Northridge balance of it all right knowing how much each school is going to cost you like we look at the contrarian side of it okay i spent a lot of money at virginia tech but like you said socal i was paying two thousand a month for just a room right shared a bathroom with four other people two thousand a month and then mm. i was in virginia four bedroom four bathroom living like a king 400 bucks right but still looking at the whole perspective of tuition you know i, I think to your family i think flights for people to come see you is yeah important. no doubt being able yeah. to understand like how much can you put time away for family and get your stuff done. So I, I, I think we have a nice unique situation in California. We have a lot of schools here. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to take advantage of that. I kind of think UCLA and USC should be hotbeds, but you know, there's, you know, plenty of good schools out there and your cost of living is going to be completely different than it is here. Yeah. I would also say like when you're looking at schools, it's not just, what your school means to other people around you, but it's what playing your sport means to your school in that town. Because I will say in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, playing football there meant something. People here, if I tell them I played in Middle Tennessee, may have never heard of it. I didn't hear of it before I went there. So it meant something when you're there, which helps in a lot of different arenas, whether it's with your teachers, whether it's with your eating out, you know, whatever, you're getting a job, you know, it just it it's definitely not the name on the sweatshirt when you're picking a school. There's a lot more factors that go into it. Obviously, 
I would put the roster and the coaching staff and the style of play and all that stuff ahead of the things that we're talking about because at the end of the day, school costs money, you know, and if you got to pay, I'd rather pay to be in a good situation than to get a ride to go somewhere I'm never going to play, that type of thing. That is a great point, and I wanted to bring that up. I'm glad you said that because so many people are so obsessed with the scholarship thing, oh, yeah. and they miss the opportunity to maybe be an invited walk-on For sure. or you know, take a smaller percentage to be in a better situation. Yeah. We were just talking about it today. Jeremiah, one of the coaches at, at A3, his younger brother, who was at BC, played corner, and he got an invited walk-on at uh, University of Washington. And then he talked to a couple other schools across the country, and he ended up choosing uh, San Luis Obispo, so Cal Poly awesome. San Luis Obispo. And he's going to go play in the big sky. And it was more of a conversation of, you know, we have this. You can earn more here, there, and whatever. He's close to home. It goes back to that conversation of, you know, when you look at the overall cost of everything, one, my family can come check me out. It doesn't cost a whole lot of money for them to do that. I have an opportunity to play here. Yep. I like the defensive coordinator here. You know, all of those things fit. So I thought he made a really mature decision yeah. because how many kids would have been like oh, Washington right. or whatever? Right. Oh, yeah. You know, For I mean, sure. so many schools. right. And there's, you know, it's just a, like you said, it's not about the brand name, it's about the situation. For sure. And yeah. Oh man! Like a year later, you know, hopefully it works out. Sometimes they're they're transferring transferring to another school. Yeah, because of playing time. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, at the end of the day, we talk about roster size, but I mean, I I think golf's the only one I don't really know how it works. But I know that not all twelve of those people are contributing every week at every tournament. Is that even traveling? Right? How does it work? Travel five, count four. So like, so it's really a rotation between usually one, two, and three are locked, and then four, five, six, seven kind of battle out. You're just playing for your spot every week, just to try and go on the trip, pretty much. Yeah. So I mean, there's you know it's the same thing in football. You're not taking everybody, you know, red shirts, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a chance to step on the field, you're typically not going. Everything comes down to dollars and cents. So if the Absolutely. athletic director is not going to pay to fly out a hundred guys, if you've got sixty that are touching the field, there's nothing lower than not making a really. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing low. We went to Clemson. We did this list up, and me and a couple of buddies sat home doing some other things, watching games on TV. And, oh, brutal. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I'll never forget. We had, um, we had, uh, we were playing in Neyland Stadium up in Knoxville, oh, yeah. and <laughs> the first couple rows were um, all of our like given tickets for like our family and stuff like that. And I see a bunch of our like red shirts, a bunch of like our teammates are sitting there in the stands. I'm like, oh, you guys were in our walkthrough yesterday. <laughs> and now they're like in the stands, just like, you know, having a good time watching the game. But I mean, that's the reality of, of sports. Yeah. Brutal if you're, if you're like living with them too. Like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, two yeah. guys don't go, two guys are going. And you're like, all right guys, I'll, I'll see you. Have a good weekend, man. See you when I get like, back. Oh, go low, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess I guess my biggest takeaway from all of this would be to, you know, do a quick Google search, do some research on the school you're going to. And that's part of the reason why I like devoted so much of my time to like creating an app and stuff or stuff like that. But it's like when you know how many scholarships they have to offer, how much money, how much money you're getting for a training table, for housing, all that things can play into it, like play into your decision to where you're going. For instance, I went to Fresno State. I had some friends of mine that went to UCLA. Compare and contrast, you know, housing's a little bit more expensive there. They get a little bit more money. We were supposed to promise training table and all these things didn't get it, right? So I had to pay for my meals out of my scholarship check that was supposed to be covered for housing. So I had to cover rent, 
meals, everything else, right? Books were not paid for. I know some schools do books. Whoa. I didn't get books paid wow. for. It was just tuition. That's so cost. Wow. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. tuition. So just the tuition paid for, I had to come out of pocket for my books. So with that scholarship check, that was for housing. Ended up having to pay for books. Bought my books used because that was the cheapest sure. way to do it. Yeah. Get my books. Had to pay rent. And then whatever money I had left went to groceries and surviving until I got that next check. Wow. It's like but, 10 bucks a page, too. Right. And if you, if you know like how much money you're going to get, if you're going to get training table or not, how many meals you're getting, you can kind of factor that in about how much money you need or, you know, if right. it's worth it to go to that place where you're going to live and account for those costs. Or some schools don't have training table. Right. And for those of you that are listening that don't know what that means, uh, that's where the teams are able to go to. It's kind of a cafeteria of sorts where you're able to go in as a team and eat. And that uh, there is a cost associated with that. And like, AJ saying that sometimes it's covered, sometimes it's not. Right. And you get a bill for saying, well, do you want to eat three times, three days a week or five days a week? Or what is it that you want to pay for? And if you're, <laughs> you know, if you're not on full ride, right, quote unquote, then you're like, oh, I, I guess three and I'll cook yeah. the other one. They actually, they actually I mean, gave us the option. Like if you wanted training table, you had to like sign if you wanted it and it would they would take it out of your check. Mm. But sometimes it wasn't, it didn't correlate like the cost right. that they were taking out wasn't for like the little meals. Benefit, that yeah. It wasn't, it was, it didn't make Jeez. sense. Are right? you taking this much money out of my right. check, but it's $300, but I'm getting two meals, like a breakfast and half a little lunch every day. It's not, doesn't make yeah. sense to me. I'd rather keep that money and I'll, buy groceries with it. I will say one of my biggest things of advice on that one also is take advantage of your visits. Like yes, ask the players, don't just worry about what the coaches mm -hmm. are telling you, all that stuff. Obviously they are going to sell you on the experience. Ask the players when you when they leave you for free time with the players at night. Don't worry about going to the parties and doing all that. Still do that and have fun, whatever. But ask them, yeah, what is it really like? Do your homework. What is it like? Yeah. Because I'm telling you, when I hosted players, I didn't lie to them. Yeah. I told Man, them what I was, it was. I was the same way. The last thing I was, was going to say. Players were the biggest lifeline in like my yeah. recruiting trips because they would be honest with you. Exactly. You, especially if you get a guy that maybe wasn't playing that much, for he's sure. going to be like totally he's honest shoot with it, you. Yeah. I was I was one of those guys, right? We had coach. Coach Hill, that on my recruiting trip told us, oh, we're getting turf, we're going to get Everything. all this, we're going to build an indoor, you know, football facility. Four years later, we don't have any of that, so right? right? We don't have any of that. So and I'm asking the, you know, some of the recruits, you know, what, you know, what did, what did Coach Hill tell you? You know, what's, what, you know, what, what is he trying to sell you on? Oh, we're going to get new uniforms, going to get this, going to get that. And I'm just like, look, man, don't like, you know, sell yourself on that yeah. new uniforms, anything like that. All the guys want to go to Oregon because you know they right. got the best uniforms and stuff. That's not a reason to like pick a college you For know sure. what i mean because those things can come and go if the coach just decides or a coach gets fired to decide we don't want we don't need new uniforms we're going to allocate this money to something else then you chose that decision for <laughs> yeah. for nothing right exactly. it's just like for no reason right i would always tell guys like yeah don't believe if he, if he says he's going to put something up it's because he thinks that you value that right right what i value is my playing time my education those things like that so if you focus on those things and do your due diligence, do your research on how many how many scholarships they have, the amount of money that you'll get that you're gonna get. Um, it'll be easier to make out that hard decision. Those are your guys. You signed to school, your teammates are your guys. So why don't you ask them, the ones who are a year older than you, two years older, exactly how it is. Hey, once they signed you, once you're in the building, how is it? Right. And that's your best lifeline, right? Yeah. There. And the thing is, like when you're hosting recruits, there's no like, all right, if this recruit signs, you get this amount of money. If he doesn't, like, no, there is nothing in it for them. And probably you're getting hosted in your position group. So they're all sizing you up anyways. Right. They're going to tell you the truth. I got hosted. Yeah. yeah. 
it's funny. I, I got hosted by a receiver and a, uh, and a DB and I'm like, what, you know, why didn't the quarterback host me in there? Well, I mean, you're not, yeah, I mean, there's not a bunch of quarterback spots. So why would I tell another quarterback how great it was? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, um, not to, I, I, I really don't get paid by Middle Tennessee or anything like that. I'm just telling you my honest experience. When you had a good experience, I'm just telling you, yeah, like, I'm glad about. you're being honest about that, but I will tell you this. It benefits when your coach has been there for a long time, and it benefits you when he's a player's coach. Because right. when people say somebody's a player's coach, it means that they're going to do everything they can. A lot of times people are just handcuffed. Like coaching staffs do not get the flexibility in every single sport to dictate their budget. You've been an athletic director. You know how that works. Right. You don't just, it's not because they don't want to get you an indoor facility. It's not because they don't want to get you these things. They just might have had to make those tough choices and they knew that that's what you wanted to hear. So they told you that. But at the end right. of the day, <laughs> it's dollars and cents. And yeah. so, like, when I was there, we did get books. And I really, it was a game that I played to buy the most expensive brand new book to see how high I could get my bill. Because why would I take a used book from somebody that had to pay it themselves? So I would go in there. They'd be like, okay, we have three used books in this one. No, let me get that one in the wrapper right there. Okay, cool. Let me see how much. Wow, they had to pay $800 for my books right there. Like, that's cool. But now this guy's got another used book that they can choose from. Um, as far as train table, we didn't have train table. I was never told we had it, but we never had it. So what we had was our meal plans on campus. There was either, uh, different like meal halls that had like, um, rotating like buffet style meals. And then there was restaurants on, on campus. So we had like, they called them flex bucks. So you had a certain amount of dollars that you could spend at those places. They just put on a card for and you. Then, yeah, exactly. And it's on your nice. ID card. Yeah. Um, so you had a certain number of swipes. Well, in our scholarship, we had unlimited swipes at the buffet, no matter what, unlimited. So wow. if I used it, that's cool. If if one of my friends that wasn't in, you know, da, 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 yeah, let me swipe for you, boom, like that type of thing. And then they said that our flex bucks were limited because I had teammates that ran out. But I remember specifically the last week of the semester going in there and buying flats of Gatorades for my house because I had. I mean, I did not know when that thing was going to run out. So I don't know if, like, they used to joke around and be like, oh, Logan's got the unlimited card. I literally would you just go in there. I would buy as much Chick-fil-A as I could. Yeah. I, you know, I had yeah, teammates, no, hey, because I drove the golf cart around. So they would be like, hey, you know, let's go to Chick-fil-A. But I'd buy everybody Chick-fil-A. Right. I don't really know how that worked, but I know for a fact that we did not have train table. <laughs> but I was not yeah. going hungry. So I shout out to That's Coach nice. Stocksville for that. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, funny, like, before we move on to the other side, funny, not funny for my class that came in, they told us about, we're getting this, this is at Northridge. And so I'm in, I'm in this recruiting, uh, trip in my cast. I had just broken my ankle. Well, six weeks prior to broken my ankle. And I'm in this, in this meeting and they're talking about the new uniforms. We're going to get a new stadium built. We're blah, 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 blah. Well, my class was the last class to ever play. They cut the program. Yep. Four years later. And luckily, I had another sport to fall back on. But Marcus Brady wasn't getting it done, huh? Man, he was, though. <laughs> Marcus his quarterback was, in college was my funny. offensive coordinator in Toronto. So, and yeah, it's funny how that small world. Came small, in, world. Like, yeah. such a small world. Yeah. But Marcus, man, that guy, <laughs> I think he let, I was, I forgot what season it was, maybe in our junior year or senior, he had the most pass attempts. He had a pretty high completion too, but he had the most pass attempts in, in the NCAA during one of the seasons. And then also our punter, who actually is here from Bakersfield, Ethan Beck, uh, he led the NCAA in punt average. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, he went from Northridge to the Packers. So, I mean, yeah, play quarterback. So that's and then played pretty, in Canada for how many years? Well, yeah, yeah wow. that's sick. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of moving from one to the other, from going from, you know, up into the pros, first, let us let me start off by saying a couple stats here. To go from college to pro football, I know this one, is 1.2 or 1.6%. Basketball is 1.2%. Baseball was like 2.3%, something like that. Golf is probably even 0.00 something percent to actually make it. You can't all us. We're golfers. So. And we're sitting in a room <laughs> with five professionals that made it out of college. So that tells you something right there. And the thing that, you know, you go from high school to college and you, you don't know about scholarship dollars and how all that's going to work. And I, I think one thing that many, many people don't know, and I, since being around you guys and some of my friends that I've had, you know, go off because as a track athlete, you make zero money. I'll just say it right there. So you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> don't run track. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're a volunteer essentially. So, you know, but in, in what you guys do and the way that you travel, what a lot of, I want you guys to talk about this because it's still, every time I mention to someone, it blows their mind that you have to pay taxes in each individual state or country that you play in. And most people don't understand that. So when you talk about baseball, that's playing a hundred plus odd yeah. games, I mean, your tax returns, like it just <laughs> makes my crazy. head spin, you know, mm -hmm. and same thing with football. I mean, you're playing in all these different towns, all these different stadiums, and essentially you have to put it down as a, a contractor essentially in that state. And so no wonder guys want to play in Texas or wherever because, you know, oh, yeah. eight of their games, right. taxes exactly. are way better. You know, and I wanted to touch on that too. We were kind of talking about some some of the financial stuff with the scholarships and also, you know, like expenses and things that we have. So like with baseball, it's different than like, you know, football essentially. You know, whenever you get drafted football, you're kind of there. You're there already, <laughs> you know? So it's like when you're with basketball, you're pretty much there or you go, you make good money in like the D league or the minor leagues for basketball or whatever. But with baseball, I mean, I was telling, I think I was talking to you right um, before we have, there's seven levels sometimes. I mean, they've cut a lot of levels now um, out. They just cut them, but there's seven levels sometimes before you even get an opportunity to go to the big leagues. Right. And each of those places, you know, like you got, we talked about, it was laughing because we talked about sharing houses with players. Right. And I've done that so much. I've done that every year, pretty much, of, of my career, except for the first couple. You stay in the hotel, the team hotel, when you're a rookie. But we've had, I've had $2,000 um, rent homes like in Florida, you know, where you have six guys in there and we're all chipping in money, you know, where I've had the same thing where it's different. I played in Pennsylvania one year and we had four guys in a, in a, in a place, you know, so like, you still do that coming up, you know, like obviously as you start to get more money or if, you know, some guys are bonus babies, they, they, they get their own place or whatnot. But for the guys who don't get a lot of money, I mean, you're still grinding, you know, it's not like you just get money. We talked about, you touched on like, you know, Oh, you get drafted, you go to play pro and oh, I got all this money. Now I can just, you know, I can, I can spend it. It's not like that, you know? And like right. you said, there's taxes, there's travel, there's taxes for other cities. Agent. I remember, yeah, your agent, your agent fees and all these different fees that tie into it. And then, you know, you want to give a little something to your parents or whatever it is, you know, you may do. But 
there's so many other things that go into it. And I remember specifically you talking about also like, you know, this taxes in different states. The first time I got my paycheck when I was playing out of the out of Florida, like I was I think the first time was in 2012. I was playing in Vancouver, Canada, and I saw my check coming and I was like, wait a minute, like something's not right. You know, like <laughs> what is what am I looking at? Like, you know, like this, this isn't my check. And it just that's when it hit me that like, wow, like so we have to we're having to pay taxes in Canada or like doing like the, the the California, I mean, and then also Washington and then also Boise and then all like <laughs> I like Idaho, like, you know, we're all these places that we're going to, we had to pay taxes for. And I'm like, what the heck? My mm-hmm. paycheck was like slim. And I'm like, okay, here's this miscellaneous Charles charge. And there's always been miscellaneous charges, you know? And you're like, what is this? What am I, what is miscellaneous here? You know, like, right. What are you guys taking out? So it, get, it got frustrating because you're like, man, like my checks and it, in the minor leagues, you don't get paid anything. So you have to really stretch those right. checks out, you know? And that's, that was the whole point is, you know, people think you go pro and you're just going to get this salary. And that's mm. just not mm. what happens. <laughs> You know, and but it yeah, but it's, it's a large lump sum. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like you sign <laughs> a X amount contract. Right. That's not what you get. Not right. even near it. It would be the equivalent of somebody saying, "All right, I'm the coach at UCLA, and I'm going to give you a two hundred fifty thousand dollars scholarship." And coaches say stuff like that, right? And what they mean is, every year, if you take, if you got a full ride, this is broken down. Okay, cool. Five years, fifty thousand. Okay, here's your two hundred fifty thousand. At no point are they handing you a $250,000 check, first off. Second off, if you look at like the NFL, what people don't understand is, okay, so-and-so signed for $40 million. All right. What you got to do is, A, you got to take that $40 million. If that's over, let's say, five years, whatever his per year check is, you divide that by 16, and you're getting that 16 game checks. Now, that I don't care what happens from... February, March, April, May, June, July, August, until that next season comes on. But you better be able to save the money that you just had from the previous season and stretch it to that one. Mm-hmm. You're not getting a check every two weeks. Unless you got a roster bonus. Yeah, unless you yeah, exactly. Unless you got a roster <laughs> bonus, workout bonus, something <laughs> right. built into your offseason. Now, I do remember in New Orleans, you could set up your payments. They would allow you to set it up as 26 payments, which is every two weeks, and they just divide your deal up. However, it gets really confusing if you're on the roster, off the roster, on the roster, off the roster, or, you know, if you needed to set up your money that way. Also, I will add that I know guys personally that went in in the offseason and asked for an advance, and they would essentially give them money off their game checks. Now, that gets in a risky business because in the event that you don't make the roster, you're on the hook for the money that they're oh giving you too. And then there's interest involved and all that stuff. But um I can't wait to hear AJ's perspective because he's the only one that's really made any money in this room, I feel like. But uh, <laughs> I kind of want to hear what those checks look like because I remember getting, you know, my signing bonus check um, from New Orleans and then seeing, obviously, that was cut in half. Um, then realizing that you're paying, for me, it was 3% to an agent. I don't know if that's the same in all sports, but um, 3% off the top to him. And then basically you had, uh, you know, you got all your different taxes. Well, essentially, like these guys are saying, every everywhere that you played, so... If you went to play the 49ers in, in California, you're, you're going to make less money than if you went to go play against uh, the Dolphins in Florida just because it's where you're performing that work. And then if right. you make over a certain threshold during that time, then that's where you have to file out income tax. And you touched on it early too. And this is why like, if you watch the ESPN 30 for 30 broke 
Oh yeah. You know, that's, that's a big one that every single one of you out there that wants to be a professional athlete needs to watch that because again, you, you just touched on it. Okay. If I play a four month season, you're getting paid for those four months. You have another seven to eight months of your life that you have to take care of. For sure. And if you're getting X amount of dollars, cut it in half with taxes every single week on top of the fees and everything else you're paying for. And you're going out blowing it and going out and buying cars and buying this and buying that. What are you supposed to do for eight months? Right. On top of, we'll get into this because there's actually a little segment we're going to add at the end of some questions that have come in. And part of that is training. Yep. And part of that is eating and all of those things that come with it. Yeah. And if you're not yeah. prepared for that, you're not going to be, you're not going to yeah. be along for the ride very long. And that right there is something I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't somebody that spent a lot of money in general, but when I got drafted and I started playing, I thought, Oh, I'm, I'm just going to be getting paid. You know? So it was, it was a wake up call whenever I first got drafted and I, I played and then I came back home and then they're like, there's no, there's no money coming in, you know? Right. Luckily, I mean, I didn't sign for, you know, millions of dollars, but I got a good bonus, you know? So I was like, okay, well, I have that bonus. But then like, you know, you're like, man, like you get this money and you feel like, man, like I can do stuff now, you know? So now I want to go to the club a little bit, or I want to go over here, take trips with my friends or, you know what, man, I'm hungry. Now I can eat whenever I want. I don't have to be, my stomach doesn't have to be growling before dinner. You know, like (laughs) you're, you're, you're able to do more with this money, but then you also have to realize like, man, you're not getting paid anymore. And that was something that I, I learned like, not super early, but like in the middle, I was like, man, like, all right, now I need to start being a little bit more, you know, preserve it with my money so that I, um, so I can make it stretch it and make it last a little bit longer. Cause obviously we have all that time, you know, and then obviously winter ball comes. So then it's like, okay, blessings that I, now I can play winter ball, you know, and I get paid year round pretty much. So it's just different things that kind of come, but if you don't have that winter ball opportunity, because not everybody gets to play, not everybody gets picked up to do that. I mean, winter ball is pretty much, I mean, you know, you, he got drafted, Justin got drafted, you know, and, and that's something to where I, he can touch on a little bit himself, but some guys you get drafted by a team and then they don't pick you up to play. They don't put you on the roster. Yeah. So well, you can so, get, you can get drafted in baseball and then not even. Ryan, there's yeah. a, yeah. <laughs> there's like just wow. depths of layers of just savviness to learn through getting drafted when I was 22 to now, just small stuff. Like for this, getting drafted in the Mexican league is okay, cool. We have your rights. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're going to play for us. We can sign with someone else, but that means, oh, we have your rights. You can't go sign with someone else. So it's kind of like, hey, we're dating, but you can't go date anyone else, but I'm seeing other people too. You can't <laughs> be with me. So it's like, okay. Wait, that's I, not how it works. <laughs> right so i think man it, it comes yeah. down to creativity like talking about what you signed for you know i, I signed for 2500 dude i felt like a king oh yeah like me my wife went to a, a drake concert all of a sudden it's a couple nights in the hotel the money's half gone and i saw my first paycheck and it was like 400 bucks i'm like okay so we get this every two weeks like every week like every two weeks all right cool 800 bucks a month that little feeling of being secure was gone by the time the off season substitute taught um, you know, did a little bit of online training, a little bit of Burlington Coat Factory, like just trying to make ends meet. And I think baseball has a certain perspective that I understood now because I'm playing international baseball and making a little bit more secure money when now you can see MLB and all of the craziness going on right now. Like how dysfunctional have you guys heard the MLB is oh, yeah. right now, right? Oh, yeah. So that raises and elevates leagues like us. So now mm-hmm. we're in situations where winter balls 
are going to be very popular it's this year. It's going to be a hot commodity this winter, for ABL, sure. ABL, even the Australian League, I heard people are really going to start getting linked on there because they're like, well, dude, we're not playing this year. we got to right. play somewhere. Right. And everybody so, wants to make money. Right. right. Everyone's trying to make Everyone's trying to maximize that small window they have. Right. So I think it's so hard for us sometimes because no one wants to hear you're struggling. Like, oh, you play a professional sport, dude. Like, it's a revolving door. People want to come in. But, hey, you're not – 90% of people aren't making money. So you have to learn how to be creative while you're making that sport and while you're executing that plan to be an athlete, keeping your keeping your chickens in line, you know? Right. I think that uh, I, w- I want to hear AJ. I, I want to ask you, AJ, how, how did you – like one of the biggest things that I saw in our locker room in, in New Orleans was the rookies, this fine line between it's the first checks that they're getting. So you had savvy veterans that told them, hey, look, you know, take them out of their wing. Hey, you need to do this, this, this. But at the same time, they are now, there's the whole keeping up with the Joneses. I see that this seven-year veteran's got these shoes. I want those shoes. I can buy those shoes now. But you don't, you're not making his money. You're making your money. And then, you know, I mean, how how did that go in Arizona? I mean, was it like, you know, did you have difficulty? Like as far as, I mean, you see cars and everything else that people are driving up and, and you know, hey, I could probably... I could probably secure that car. That might be the only thing I can do, but you know, I just no, know I'm not gonna lie. You know, my first check that's why I bought the Challenger. Right. right. That's what that's what I spent with my uh my sign in bonus. Um, but luckily for me, I had a mentor, Joey Porter, that kind of took me under his wing, told me not to spend any of my money, didn't let me do anything crazy like that. But you do run into guys like, for instance, first round draft pick, you're not gonna tell him anything. Right. He's gonna be in there. <laughs> He's gonna do it. He's gonna be in there gambling his money every single day. Yep buying a new car even though he doesn't need it and stuff like that people like myself come undrafted make a little bit of money it's it's very easy for you to see that and be like oh i can maybe get away with kind of kind of looking like that right but in reality you can't right, right. you're not making the same amount of money The you know he's on a multi-million dollar deal right mine's minimum right yep. you know whatever the minimum is at that time but um for me, like I said, luckily enough, I had somebody that was telling me not to not to go crazy and stuff like that, and I didn't have any kids or anything at that time, so right. I was it was easy for me to save my money. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, there's just so much, like, there is so much money, but if you look at like a NFL or you look at MLB, the top five percent, top ten percent, are taking up seventy or eighty percent of the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys that are out there that really have just money coming in. Um, you know, you look at somebody like even Antonio Brown, I mean, nothing's safe, right? I mean, he's three years ago, you're, if you said he would not be playing again, you'd be like, what? Right. Like, you just have no idea, right? Like you don't. Best receiver in the league. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Best receiver by far, right? And then all of a sudden, so, I mean, at some point, he's going to be needing money. I mean, it's just crazy to think that when you've got Bentleys and you've got all the other things, but it's just, it's wild because what, what also goes on, and I, luckily I didn't have to deal with this as much, but like, you know, we have got a couple of mutual friends that are, that are in the NFL that once you get a little bit of money, everybody you've ever met knows you got a little bit of money mm-hmm. and everybody's got a story. Everybody's got an investment idea. Everybody's got a guilt trip. Everybody's got everything. And I mean, at some point you got to either have somebody else handle it or have those tough conversations. I mean, it's not easy. Dude, I can't even tell you when I, I didn't even get drafted. Right. right. I went undrafted. But when people I knew knew that I was playing, like I didn't play my first year when they knew I, I was starting. On the Cardinals, I had uncles coming out the woodworks oh, yeah. wanting money for all kinds cousins. of I had new yeah, right. I had new cousins, <laughs> new sure. relatives yes. coming out. Oh, you got this. And I'm like, 
I don't think you guys understand. Yeah. I wasn't drafted. Right. Right. I don't, I'm not making don't millions and egg. millions. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't get like a million dollars until four years later. Right. Right. So it's like, you're not making what these people think that you're a millionaire just because you're on the roster. For sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because you're there. They see you on TV playing. Oh, for instance, tons of family. Oh, I want to come to a game. Oh, you can give oh, me tickets. <laughs> not knowing that I have to pay, pay for those you tickets. Yep. I don't ever, you yep. get two the tickets. Wow. The tickets are not free. Right? Two tickets, bro. And yep. I was in Arizona. They Four have a game. brand new yeah. stadium. So yeah. the tickets were, I think they were like two twenty-five a piece oh for tickets, gosh. right? Yeah. And they're like good level seating tickets. Oh, this one. Hey, hey, send me a jersey. Right. Got to pay for those, <laughs> you too. Pay for the jersey. Unless, yeah. unless you were, something dollars. Unless you were like on a on yeah. a deal with, you know, the, the Nike, jersey whatever, providers, yeah. Nike, Reebok, whoever it was, you were paying for those those jerseys. You don't get a discount. Like your last name. Obviously. Yeah, there's no <laughs> discount for any of that. Yeah. People, I swear, like, I can't count how many times people ask me for tickets. And I was like, are you going to pay for it? And they're like, oh, no, you they, they give them to you. I get two tickets, right? right? They give them to you, but they're not free. They yep. come out of your, they automatically give everybody two tickets, but that automatically comes out your check. So yeah. you, you'll get your check and like, <laughs> you will have given them tickets to some girls you met at for the sure. club, right? And you'll get your check. Oh, what the hell? What is, oh, oh, those, those tickets. I had to pay for them. Oh, I don't want those tickets no more. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. Want, don't give me those. I, right. I don't have people coming. I'd rather, you know, pocket that money. Right. Yep. And you look Can't at NFL count. stadium, by the way, the tickets they give you are not sick. Yeah. Like the family tickets are whatever. <laughs> Especially if you go on a away game. We went to an away oh, yeah. game in, up in Carolina. There. Yeah. My family was up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the very yeah. top. Like, they don't care about the away teams, man. It's they all put about money. And I had to pay for those ones, too. Yeah. It's all about money. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Shock. Yeah. It's wild because people don't understand that. And they see, oh, man, like I'm coming up to a game. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll just stay with you. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You're going to stay with me. That's fine. But like, you know, now luckily I have a wife to entertain people, but then it's like, okay. And then we're getting them tickets. Then, you know, they came up, so they want Jersey, you know, they want to do all this stuff. And it's like, it adds up and that's a fixed amount that's coming in. You know what I mean? It's not yep. like you can meet a new client and make a big sale. And all of a sudden you got a little bit more. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much, this is the deal divided by the number of games you're playing. And if you're lucky enough to be on the roster, that's what's coming in. Exactly. And that, that, that kind of, um, like, process is something i learned from visiting with one of our mutual friends you know he plays and i was like i knew that you know that players had to pay for their tickets and you know they they had to to get you basically everything that you got in the game it was coming out of their check you know there's dinners afterwards and all this stuff for the family but in game getting your tickets like they have to pay for them so that's something i knew because of playing professional you know and, and knowing that okay how baseball works but it was also interesting to see, you know, the lifestyle from a different perspective of me actually going to visit somebody else instead of someone else coming to visit me. For sure. You know, because then I was like, okay, hey man, like look at Saturdays, I got to go. We got to stay over here, you know, um, in this team hotel, you know, we can't have any distractions or whatnot. So it was like, okay, cool. You know, that was one day that I didn't get to hang out or really see him because he had his training, you know, after the training came back, chill with the family a little bit, boom, we had a little bit of dinner, then boom, they had to go on Saturday to prepare for the game Sunday. Like just the whole scheduling of it was different, you know, and it was a cool experience to see because then it kind of I get to see your guys' world, you know, um, right. Logan and, and, and AJ just kind of understand that part of it a little bit, which was interesting. It was a, a cool thing to see, like I said, but you understand the process for every, every professional and, and every different sport is different too, right. you know, and the things that they demand out of you. So those. With that, let's uh, go on to this next segment. We got a few minutes left here. We picked three questions from the pot today. First one is, for the professional athletes, what are the top three things you look for 
when you're trying to plan or when you are planning to sign a pro contract? What are the top three things that you look for or you're thinking about as you plan to sign a contract? I think it, I think it, I think those things kind of vary depending on, um, you know, if you're a free agent, I mean, you want to sign, you know, if you get drafted by somebody, you most likely you're going to sign with that team, but because they drafted you. But if you're like, for me, I know my free agent year was different than obviously my draft year, my draft year, you know, I was like, man, I was ready to play. Um, but things that you look at is kind of like, who's playing your position. You know, what did this person do the year prior to you? Is this guy a high draft pick or is this person, you know, have a lot of value in the in the on the team with the organization and just kind of those types of deals? You know, you kind of you're kind of scouting out your competition and you're kind of trying to see like, okay, I can do this or your, your numbers compared to them or your abilities compared to them, too. Whereas when I was a free agent going to a team, I kind of had more options. You know, people were talking to me, hey, we're interested, we're interested. I had like five teams interested in signing me and I was able to do, like I said, do my research. Okay, you know what? This guy, he put up this amount of numbers. He got moved up to double A and then later on he got moved up again. So he double promoted. They have high hopes for this guy. You know, he may not be the guy who has a lot of money, but he's high up in the in the on the organization's list, you know, or um, this guy, you know, he he played double A, but he didn't really put up that good of numbers. You know, my chances to go in with this team, there's no one ahead of them in AAA. I might have a better opportunity to go higher, you know, and possibly get a big league job. So just I feel like just weighing your weighing your other the other people within that organization at your position. In football, I'd say guaranteed money <laughs> because nothing past signing that signing bonus. Like if you if they offer you something, you have something, your signing bonus, you can count on that. Other than that, once that check comes, anything can happen. So when you look at your housing. That's potentially guaranteed if you're on the roster and your base salary is potentially guaranteed on the roster. I've signed a lot of contracts where I've got five, six, seven times my contract guaranteed, all this stuff in all these bonuses. Well, at what point are you going to attain those bonuses? And if you're counting on that money to come in, that's a risky game to play. So personally, and I don't know how you feel, but I, I look at what am I getting right now? What am I getting even if I never step foot on the field? And then what do I have the opportunity to potentially earn? Yeah. For me, somebody that's dealt with multiple contracts and different leagues, um, like Logan said, I wasn't in that era where they offered guaranteed money, right? They do now, but back then they didn't. So I had to look at those bonuses. Are they attainable for one? Can't do, I think I'm going to be able to attain them because they're, you know, they're very slick with those, those, uh, especially the wording. Yeah. Those things. So it's like, your bonus might be, oh, okay, if AJ leads the league in interceptions, right? But if I'm not on the field, right. I can't attain that bonus, right? So mm. I'd be a backup, and they would have that in my my contract. Oh, if he leads the league or if he – And it would uh, look slick, too. It's yeah, like yeah, 200 it's, grand. You're like, like oh, yeah, man. Oh, that's nice, right? Like my first contract, my undrafted contract, I had something in there wording about how many snaps I would take on special teams, right? I was strictly a gunner my first year, right? When it got to the, the end of the year, I had to take, what, like 80% of the snaps on special teams. They pulled me off. Right, because I had like a ten grand bonus if I finished the year with eighty percent of the snaps. There you go. Pulled me off to put in their third round draft pick or whatever. He wasn't playing. I was undrafted. To me, it's 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 still politics, right? It's always politics, even in the big. And I just want to let me stop and go back to that because when you get to the professionals, you think they're going to play the best player no matter what. They don't. No. Right. Let me just say that they don't. I by far was probably the best corner we had still decided to put their third round draft pick because they spent all this money drafting this guy, throw him in there. But back to what I was saying, my special teams, 
contract. I had to play 80% of those snaps. Was doing all of them, 100% to like the last three games. I think I was reaching that point where I was going to get that bonus, and they just pulled me out. Didn't play, but didn't play another three games. I think they put me on practice roster for one week, and that's when the Jets called. They wanted me to sign, and I was like, Fuck, I'm going to New York. Like, right. you know, you guys want to put me down or whatever, and they decided they had my right, so they turned around, signed me back, gave me a little bit of a, a bonus, and I still didn't get that special teams bonus because I didn't play. I was just on the roster and traveling now. Right. But I didn't play, and I think that you got to be very careful with those contracts because you have to look at the fine print and what they say, especially when it comes to things like getting those bonuses, attaining a certain percentage of amount of snaps or whatever it is, because at any moment they can decide, oh, this guy's getting close to making thirty grand from us. If he takes one more snap, let's get it. We don't we don't have it. Let's get him off and you know mm-hmm. give it to somebody else. Yeah, I'm not gonna say who it was, but I signed a contract one time uh, up in the CFL and. When we were talking about negotiating, it was we had these certain number of uh, leveled bonuses in there, and every contract I've ever used, there's passing yard bonuses. So, thousand yards, fifteen hundred yards, two thousand yards, three, you know, that type of thing. So, when I went to sign the contract, the thousand yard threshold when I went to sign the contract said rushing, not passing. For a quarterback. For a quarterback. Ooh. And we don't run up there. So it was you just like, every time so then I told him, I'm like, hey, is this supposed to be, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we'll just, uh, you know, yeah, of course it meant passing, but, you know, just, I mean, do you need a new draft? Yeah, I need yes. a new draft. I absolutely <laughs> yeah, need a new yes. draft, and I want it to say passing because that's the way yeah. it needs to be. And, uh, it's yeah. That, it's, the, it's that one word it's that one if word. you didn't. Catch yeah. that? It might cost you. It would have been. Your, I mean, yeah. There you go. You would have threw for a thousand yards. You'd have been like, "Where's my bonus?" They'd have been like, "You didn't rush." Exactly. <laughs> go back and look <laughs> at your contract. I think that's important for people to understand. You know, look at it. Looking at the fine print. Looking at that, and that goes clear across the lines to everything in life, right? That you're, you don't. If you don't pay attention to the little things that's going on around you, then you're gonna have issues, and you've got to pay attention to those things. And I think people don't understand this side of it. They don't hear this. They don't hear the taxes. Or the bonuses, hey, you're going to make X amount of money, but you're only going to make that amount of money if you hit this bonus, this bonus, this bonus, this bonus. And people don't get that about professional sports. They think, you're a pro, you make money, can I be a part of it? And that's just not what it is, you know? And yeah, I mean, it, gosh, it's it's a brutal, brutal, brutal business for sure. There's We have time for one more question. We had three, but we're going to two. I think this one will spill actually into next week and something I want to talk about next week of a little more A3 centric of why should people train like an athlete? We'll get into that um, with all the benefits and everything that come with it. But one of the questions we got asked was, and this is an important one, especially for all of you in this room that have had sustained careers. The question was, what kind of training programs are professional athletes looking for in their off season? Uh, I think it's got to be it's got to be individual to every person, you know, and what sport they play for athletes. Like I might need more mobility, more hip strength, whereas a quarterback's working on the shoulder. You know, baseball players, if you're a hitter, you want more power. So it's definitely very in- individual on what you need. Like AJ probably wants more speed, or you know, like it's just going to be completely different. Yeah, because if you put a cookie cutter program for someone and, you know, they had enough experience, they can see through it. They know you as a pitcher, here's my pitch count. Here's my innings limit I've had for the year. I need some time off. I need some time to build up. I'm looking for something to kind of, you know, individualize 
you know, help me out. Like I can understand it. But I think for me, transparency is big too. Like I don't need someone feed me, you know, BS, like kind of know what I have by now. So let's get to the next step. Like I need someone to talk to me. I need to believe in it, but I need someone to know what's going on with me. And I think that's kind of what we've built is like, you know, we know what's going on in each other's world. So it makes it easy for us to say, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this instead. Like, Hey, I'm not doing the overhead push. I'm going to go do the lat things. Okay, cool. Find your adjustment, find something you need because end of the day, you want to feel important. And if you're training yourself and you feel important, I think that's, you know, helping you to get where you need to go. It also can change year to year as well. You know, it's not always going to be the same thing that you need. Also, off season could be a good time to just look better with your shirt off. So it is. It's kind of the biggest one. Whatever motivates you, man. Whatever motivates you. I think I think it's different from you know from not being a professional to becoming a professional because once you become a professional, you're not looking to maybe you know get bigger, faster, stronger. It's more about maintaining your functional movement, flexibility, things like that. When I was in college, I just thought I needed to be big, fast, strong. You know, I was trying to put on weight. I get to the league. They tell me I'm too heavy, right? I'm thinking I got to be 200 pounds. I'm 200 pounds. Oh, we need you at 180. So you're going to put, you know, 15 pounds of pads on and we want you to be fast. So I ended up dropping weight. So when you do stuff like that, I go to a train facility. I still need a coach, right? You're, everybody's comfortable being coached. I want a coach, but like, like um, Justin said, you don't want – smoke and mirrors. You don't want, you know, BS. If I'm looking for, if I'm a professional, I mean, I'm looking for somebody to coach me, then just coach me on the things that I, that I understand. And like Ryan always says, you always got to talk about the why. If I understand why I'm doing something, I'm much more receptive to doing it, understanding it and continuing it throughout my, my training regimen. Cool. I think we'll, uh, we've actually run over. So I uh, want to say thank you guys again for being a part of this. And thank you everybody out there for taking the time to hang out with us. And uh, we'll see you next week.